Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features Xavier Adache, Director of Adelux Consulting out of the UK. Xavier has been in the CI industry for much of his career. He spent seven years working at Lutron as a lighting control system programmer and field service engineer before branching out to starting his own business, Adelux Consulting. Adelux provides top tier consulting, sales, and programming services for Lutron Systems. Xavier is also a talented content creator and has his own YouTube channel where he shares his insights as a lighting control and home automation specialist. Beyond his professional commitments, Xavier is an avid photographer and videographer. He's a frequent traveler and brings his camera as a companion to capture the beauty of all the places he visits. We live stream today's interview on social media on Wednesday, October 11th at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. During our time together, we discussed Xavier's history with Lutron, from his days as a field service engineer traveling the world, to the present as a system designer and consultant. Best practices and advice for designing a lighting control system, and creating and growing his very popular YouTube channel. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Let's tune into this interview with Xavier Adache. Hello, Xavier. Hello, hello, hello. Xavier Adeshi. Xavier Adeshi. How did I do? Very American. Very American. <laughs> well, I can't help it. I am pretty American. So uh, yeah. for, for better and for worse. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I did, I hear the French accent and, uh, yeah. I, I did take, uh, several years of French okay. in high school, although from my poor accent, you would never know it. And, uh, I, I won't, I, though, I think I can still count to 10, but, um, we'll, we'll, we'll move along. I'm, I'm a, maybe a typical American and that I'm, I'm stuck with one language, uh, and that's English and you often a poor rendition of that. Um, but uh, I can at least give a little bit credit in my household. My wife speaks, my yeah. wife and son speak three languages. Wow. Uh, yeah. I impressive. But uh, sorry, I, 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 didn't, I didn't get any of that goodness. Which language? Uh, my wife is Brazilian. So she speaks Portuguese, Spanish, and English. And wow. she made sir to teach my son. Uh, from birth. So he is uh, trilingual as well. He can speak Portuguese, Spanish, and English. Very good. So Very when they good. want to talk about me, they just switch languages and yeah. uh, I'm clueless, which they might argue I'm I'm clueless <laughs> a lot of the time anyway. So it's okay. Well, we all speak French here in this house. So. Really? Oh, that's, yeah. that's, 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 so how many languages do you have? Uh, I can, I can fluently, I can speak English and, and French, obviously. Okay. Okay. Well, it's still I, I, I can, I can one more than along, me. I can go along in different countries, you know, pull out a few words just to 
you know, please the locals. And well, tell our audience uh, who you are. Well, first of all, we'll start. Where are you coming to us from? Where are you physically located right now? I'm located in uh, in Reading in Berkshire, uh, which is west of London. Is um, very close from uh, Windsor, where the royal family is living. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm in Reading right now. Okay. We, you and I met face to face. We met a few weeks ago at the EI Live event. That was in Farnborough, and my geography yeah. is pretty poor. But that was also. West it's very close London. from where I live. It's very, very close. It's probably 20, 25 minutes away from here. Okay. I, yeah. I remember when I was asking one of the taxi drivers uh, about local things, you know, things to do that are interesting. I remember they said we were very close to Windsor Castle. Yeah, and it's very close. Yeah. Very close. It, right. was funny when we, it was funny when we met. Yeah. Because um, I'm going to the EI Live every year and the best part for me is the after show you know when we all go to the hotel when there is the we're going to the pub we meet there it's relaxed so as always i got there first or you know i got there and as i arrived there i checked my phone and i could see on linkedin i said oh ron is there you were doing a a, a talk right yeah and you were doing a you know, ER Live is a, is a mid, yeah, it's quite a big show. But I was like, oh, you there? I wait, I'm I'm going to get my drink, yeah, and I want to come back to the table. You were here, <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. you had that. So you had heard of one Firefly, or you had yes. you had heard of me? I guess over there, uh, of you of you at the show. Yes, I've I've heard of you outside the show. You know, You've heard of me outside. So, yeah. so I was, uh, yeah, is when I checked my phone and I knew you you were there doing a talk, you know. Got it. Well, let's tell the audience, what is Adelux Consulting? What what do you do today? <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll, as always, we'll go back into kind of your background. Yeah. So basically Adelux, what we do here is um, it's uh, all the different stages in lighting control, especially with neutron lighting control. So. Um, I'm, it's basically me. Um, I go to design system. Um, I design system. I put all the plans together and, you know, the drawing for the electricians, etc. So putting all the system together, make it work on the paper. Then I follow with the electrician during the installation all the way to the programming. Okay. So um, I'm like any dealer, like any dealer. Really. Uh, that's what I do. So I work a lot with um, other AV uh, dealers, okay, uh, who, who uh, subcontract me the, um, the lighting aspect of their project. And I've okay. got also, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I've got also my own project. Um, I've, I've been doing for the last 10 years, I've been doing uh, obviously more before the COVID. I'm involved in a lot of projects internationally as well. Uh, that's one thing I I wanted to make sure I keep when I left the corporate world is the is the travels. So yeah, just uh, doing some 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 travel. Um, been in Spain. Is, is your expertise or is your practice around lighting 
system design? Is it exclusively, is it exclusive to Lutron? Well, um, is I would say yes. I would say yes, because I always wanted to do all the other systems, et cetera. But because of my, because of my background, I always been pulled back to Lutron system. And now to put them, to put a system together, I, I specialize in high-end residential and I, I mainly do, um, you know, Lutron homeworks. So I, I, I've been programming homeworks for 17 years. So it's, uh, I'm not going to say it's very easy, but like in terms of for me to work on a project is, yes, it's, it's very you've easy. You've had more than 10 years. So it sounds like you've, you've built up an expertise around that. And there's certainly yes, plenty of yes. that around the world yeah. to work on. I, I want to yeah. get into your background, but I, obviously I hear the French accent. You said you speak French in your home. But do you hear, but do you hear the, the, the my French accent. Is it the, is it is it British uh, French? Is that what no, I'm what, what I'm kidding is like um, obviously we speak uh, we speak English and uh, and I've got a, a strong French accent, which after 22 years, you know, the accent doesn't want to be. But um, if we were to speak amongst French people, they would know exactly where I'm coming from when I speak French. Which because part I'm, of uh, are you from? I'm you're from, from the France. best part in the world. You know, I'm from Marseille in the south of France. Wow. Yeah. So I was born there. I grew up there. And yeah, I'm a Mediterranean guy, you know, 100%. So you're, <laughs> so if you, if you are in France and you're traveling around France, yeah. people will hear your accent yeah. and they will know you're from Marseille. Yeah. Yeah, straight away. It's it's so it's funny. Not, it's very here, funny. <laughs> in the United States, yeah. It it's this well, I I, I want to say it's probably the same everywhere in the world. Like if we're in the United States, we know a New York accent versus a yeah. Boston accent versus what? a Dallas accent or an Atlanta accent. Like we can pick it up right away. Yeah. I think I am mostly accent neutral, although people could be listening and watching and go, no way, you're totally I'm from Virginia. So okay. I don't I don't know that Virginia has much of an accent, although I do say y'all, which yeah. is more southern, to say y'all, and um, and my wife from Brazil, she is from the north of Brazil, okay, and in the north of Brazil, that's considered the country. So in Brazil, the the version of Portuguese she speaks is different than the South, like Rio or Sao Paulo. Yeah, yeah. That's the big city Portuguese. Yeah. And so when you're in Brazil or when you're in Brazil, people immediately know, Oh, you're from, you're from the North. Yeah. But for the novice like me, I just hear Portuguese. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it all sounds pretty much the same to me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is that that's curious to see that that translates around the world, which is pretty yeah, cool. Definitely. Definitely. Take us through your background. How did you end well, up yeah. in this industry? Yeah, well, uh, my background is 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 very simple. Is um, what is it? Yeah, I moved to the UK in two thousand and one. Okay, so that's twenty two years ago, and that's very funny because the, I didn't move to England to England to move to England is at the year two thousand. I came to the Notting Hill Carnival, you know, in in London. And me coming from a small town, 
I mean, it's more, it's a big town, but you know, uh, you know, that's the only thing I knew. And also people from our region, they don't tend to go away kind of, you know, because it's very pleasant. The weather is nice and all of that, you know? So I came to the Nottingham Carnival in Carnival in 2000 and I saw all those people and the music and all of that. And I said, there is no way I'm going to miss out on that. And I want that to be, I want the Carnival, I mean, that atmosphere to be like every day. So the year after, so I started working in 2000. So the year after I quit my job, my first job, and I said, look, I'm going to go for the summer until the Carnival. And then, you know, I will practice. I told my parents I'm going to practice a bit of English. And, you know, nah, nah, nah. you know, uh, I just wanted to go party, really. Uh, and then in Didn't 2000, we all when we were 20? Isn't that what uh, you yeah. do when you're 20? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was like, I didn't know that there was such party, you know, scenes or whatever, you know, um, anywhere outside, you know. And uh, so I came back uh, in 2001. and. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, waiting for the carnival, but carnival come and gone, and I stayed, and I stayed, and um, I was very lucky or not, but I put a lot of work during this time to look for, a, a, because I just finished uni at the time, so I just put a lot of work into finding a job in um, in the UK, and uh, after, you know, I've been lucky because after six weeks or something, I found a fantastic job where I would I never expected to to find in France or anywhere. And then I start my I start my life in the UK really. Um been working I always been working control and regulation, but before it was more in the process industry. And I've I've stayed there for for, for four, four and a half years or something. What and type then, of uh, schooling did you have? What what did you decide to study when you were at university? Electronics engineering. Electrical engineering. Yeah, what electronic. what did you what did you think you were gonna do with that? What what was your yeah. when you were a kid? What you know you what? Think I was um one thing I can tell you, and that's probably the story of another podcast, is that I wanted to travel for work from an early age. Yeah. I wanted to be able to speak English fluently. Uh that 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 was it. Everything else, when I was at at school, honestly, it was like I was doing electronics. It was the beginning, you know, of computers and that. And um, I, I didn't have any idea really. I just wanted to have fun. I was worried to f to find a boring job, really. Uh, yeah, very anxious about that. And um, and yeah, so when I so when I moved to UK and I find my first job. I found a job, a work that was that match exactly what I was doing at uni. And actually I learned more about the principle than I learned in that job, in that position. Um, so it was, you know, control and regulation in the process industry. I've done that. And after four and a half years, you know, you meet a lot of people and people tell them about, you know, their travels and this and that. And I wanted to become a field service engineer, you know. Going out there, because I was on the phone, really, application engineer, you know, try to simulate faults and finding solutions, which it was fine for a while. But at some point, I wanted to be out there and try to do the job myself to see, uh, you know, what I was capable of. And I wanted to, to be a field service engineer. And that's where 
I found a job at Lutron uh, in 2006 as a field service engineer. And there I was like, because now I was was working, I had the background of control and regulation from the, you know, the factories and all of that boring stuff, but very high. And now I was there configuring system in like, you know, luxury homes and flying uh, all around. I'm gonna, I, I don't want to say the whole world because I haven't been anywhere, but I've been a lot of places, a lot of places. Probably and, out of out of London, you were probably servicing the Middle East and most of Europe. Yeah, so because I'm French, I've done a lot of job in France, obviously, and in Western Europe. I never had the chance to travel to Eastern Europe, for instance. I've never been to Eastern Europe. Okay. Um, and then I've I've done a lot of Middle East. I've done a lot of North Africa. From there, uh, I've I've been to the Caribbean. Uh, the U.S. What What are some of your favorite memories from some of those travels? The, One or two on memory that stands out. Oh, I should have thought about that. Uh, memory that stands out is probably going to link up to what we uh, we're going to talk about later. But um, is really the connection with the people on site. Really, you know. Uh, obviously, you you're amazed when you go into those jobs. You're amazed to see people are working there. It's like they are the best at their craft, from the stone mason to the stone mason to the carpenter to all of that. These people with a lot of knowledge and experience and stories. So that was that was just great. And then, um, so that's one part. And then also is. It's the electricians that I've I've met on site. You know, is you know I've been to countries. I you know uh, I remember one time I was in Morocco and I was working on that job with an electrician and he was working with a screwdriver and it was not even an electrical screwdriver. And he'd been commissioning the job and all of that. And then at the end of the day, he was looking around if nobody was looking at him, and he gave me this. He gave me his driver and when i talked to the to the local agent i was working for at the time i said look the election give me the and the, give me a screwdriver and he said you know it's, it's his only tool he's got you know and he gave it to you i still have it wow. uh you know it's just like and that's why now i do what i do you know is is really the people it's really the connection with with people you know um seen a you know a lot of great houses and you know all of that but um it's a connection with people inside so that's amazing that all right so that. no that's a beautiful story when when yeah. you were traveling all right so what happened you were a field service engineer for lutron yeah did you stay in that role or did you did you so transition I've, I've i've done that role probably three three years or something and it's, it, it felt like a lot because when you're a field service engineer and you like traveling, do you know what? You travel. Trust me. <laughs> Try, you know, it's like you don't have any life. You come back. I mean, you go to your place or to your house, maybe in a weekend. And then on Monday, poof, you open your email. You need to go there. and this airport, it, it can and burn your love of travel, can't it? Uh, yeah. It's just like you don't have any social life. I mean, I was saying at some point that my best friend were 
taxi driver and the hotel receptionist, you know? Uh, yeah, it was like mad. And then every time you were coming to a job, because obviously it was job for dealer that at the time we were commissioning here in Europe, it's, yeah. it was working like this. And I was like, why am I coming? And the system is not plugged correctly. It's not wired correctly. I mean, it's one cable, four colors, you know? Why is that? And then I spoke with a few uh, of my colleagues internally, and they say, well, it's down to training. I was like, how come it's down to training? I can come to training and explain how to wire a homework system. Five points, you know? And they took me to, to my world, and... Uh, they put me uh, on the front of, of a first training session and I, I was coming as a field service engineer and I, and I was like, look, it's very simple. The black goes with the black, yeah? The red with the red. And, you know, but at the time, you know, there was a few rules to, to follow. And then next thing I know is that they give me the job. So now I'm now trainer uh, over there in London, still traveling, uh, you know, and all of that. And I... I really enjoy, I really enjoy creating the experience from the moment the clients were coming or registering for the training and they were coming and we were approaching, trying to learn, you know, I was like putting myself in their shoes and we were like all learning all together. Really love that. And uh, there's many of them, they were, I keep saying that, oh, you should do that for yourself or after the training, they were coming with their floor plan and say, oh, how I should do that job? And, you know, and then uh, I've never been, I mean, I haven't been brought up to have my own company. I've been brought up to find a job for the rest of my life, like my parents and that. And after a while, you know, after a year, after a while, people, you know, it start like being my head to the point where there was no escape. You know, I had to go out. And by the time I remember the day, I realized that if I want to continue to enjoy what I do, I'm going to have to go out and do it on my own. And by the time I realized that, to the time I took the decision to hand out my notice, it's probably 12 months, 14 months before I, I, I couldn't escape it. I tried many things, tried to, you know, but... Uh, to go out. So I left Lutron in August 2012. And I say, look, I'm going to do that until Christmas. Yeah? If it doesn't work, then it's Christmas, it's the new year, we're going to find another job. And then it's been until today. Yeah, 2023. <laughs> so you've been running your consultancy for the last 10, 10 plus years. Yes, consultancy. So it's like because it's only me. I mean, I've got like a. It's, it just matches my my lifestyle. I, I had children during that time, you know. Uh, also, so it was lifestyle. It was doing what I like to do. Some people were call. Some people were contacting me just to program their job. Some people were contacting me to do their design, and then I became a dealer. And then, you know, I carry on like this. Uh, I had a fantastic uh, run uh, until COVID, like many of us. Uh, COVID just like drained everything. Um, and uh, so, I, so I had to develop, you know, like a local market. 
because I was traveling still, you know, for, you know, as a consultant or whatever. Uh, so I had to, I had to reinvent myself. And then what, what happened is that it got to a point where, again, I felt a bit tired of the same issues. Now, the issues were no longer technical issues, but, it, you know, it's just the everyday life of a dealer. And I was like, mm, do I want to do that for the next 10, 15 years? You know, if I want to, I'm going to have to change the way I run the business, you know, like hiring people and, you know, all of that. So um, <clears throat> one day, I ju- and also during all that time, I started, um, I started the l- learning a lot from YouTube, you know, from the early 2010. I've always been taking pictures, for instance. But, you know, I learned all my photography from YouTube and my business skills or whatever from YouTube and this and that. And then uh, fast forward, uh, before COVID really hit, I was like, I need to do something, but I really need to find where I can really add value, uh, use my skills, you know. And I was like, you know what? I checked a little bit online and uh, into what I was doing, and there was nothing. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna record my screen. I'm gonna record my screen. You know, uh, I, because what happened is that I had this idea before, but I was trying to sell it to other people. You know, I was just like, oh yeah, there is an opportunity. You can do this. You can do that. But until really I start doing it myself. Um, you know, there was, yeah, it was, that's probably why there was no, no content. And well, I start with, I'm going to share the, the channel on the, the screen now so that our, our viewers see your YouTube channel. Yeah. And, uh, what I'll also do is I'm gonna, I'm going to put the address also. So it's at Adelux at A D E L U X. Right. So you approach this channel, anyone that checks this out and our, our listeners that are checking it out, uh, maybe while they're listening or afterwards, like this looks, uh, you're doing the thumb, you're doing the, the thumbnail artwork. Like you see a pro YouTuber doing, you know, with the right text and the right graphics, almost all of these or all of these inspire someone to click and you've got, you know, some of these posts, thousands of clicks checking yeah, your content yeah. out. I mean, I have you, checked, all, did you start this way or has this been a progression over the last few years? It's been a progression. It's been a, it's been a progression. And, uh, so I started, I started recording my screen. Uh, if you see the, the, the first videos, for instance, you know, and, um, what happened is that it was very low key. I was not telling anyone I was learning the skills. Um, you know, this is very early, early days. Yeah, yeah. Was, I'm going that, back to the early days of your posts here on the screen. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Yeah, you see Radio Ratu. Can you imagine the not that that Radio Ratu? We 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 don't have Radio Ratu. That's from sight. What you see now, some lines going down, and it was oh yeah, start doing some graphics. No, that's, that's good. Cool. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of the on, but your face is not initially on screen. No, 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 no. They were not on the screen. So the story is this. Yeah. 
I do that, but it's very low key. And then one day I got that video on the right that you've got the unboxing starter kit. I get hold of that starter kit. You know that there, the on the on your right, if you go down. Yeah, just there. Unboxing. Unboxing starter kit. All right, let me, re I've got to start, I'm clicking around, but let me actually try to read here. Uh, Lutron Homeworks QS tutorial, not that one. Above, oh, right here, above. right here, this guy. Yeah, 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 this okay. one. So I get hold of, so that's the story. I get hold of that kit, yeah? And I open it and I'm like, well, actually, I can do an unboxing, you know? So <laughs> do that. <laughs> And I do it here on my desk. Uh, I edit it. You know, and I was like, yeah, it's not bad. Next thing I know, I go to Ikea and I bought those table lamps. Yeah. That's why I, only, I always joke about my black and white table lamp. The, the white is over there. Yeah. And I do the next one, which is the, the next one on your, uh, on, your, on your list there, on your playlist. Yeah, complete basic setup. The one on the left, you just you just click. All right, there, oh, right here. Yeah. Oh, but now your face is on time. screen. That's the first time I I feel myself, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I just go. I I went to IKEA and I bought those table lamp, and I say, look, I can show how to, you know, just plug it because although this is not homeworks, and that's homeworks that I do. I thought then visually it would work well. And then also Ratu Select is like, it's a very good system, yeah? But it's still an entry level of Lutron, you know? So I say it's going to be helpful for electricians and, you know, all these, you know. Uh, Consumers sort of too. I mean, right? Can yeah. a consumer, uh, can someone go to Home Depot or, or and buy this or go to their lighting showroom and buy this? Here, yeah, they can go to a to a distributor. They can go to. A I mean, this video, just for our listeners, this video, Lutron Ratu Select tutorial. This has thirty one thousand views. Yeah. This has more views than most integrators in the world yeah. in our industry have on any of their content. Absolutely. What's so? Let's just focus. And you got two hundred and eighty four likes on this video. Yeah. Why do you think this video resonated? I tell with you. So why. many people. I tell you why. Because that video is not primarily to tell you, to tell the audience, Ratu Select is great. We all know it's great, it's neutral, whatever. It's like, it's really, uh, look, it's like the point of view of how I think. It's really for the audience about how to set it up. That's all I'm talking about, you know? So it's really practical. And uh, the, the, the value of, of the product, you know, is, is well-known brand. So that's done. Or people can advertise the, those products better than I do. But really why people are consuming this content and all my content overall is because they are very pragmatic. And uh, it's just a how-to. It's how-to. We look into the details. Um, what happened also is just like being on training, I know. That, you know, when people coming in training uh, with their team member and all that, sometimes their next job is in three months, in six months. Do you see what I mean? They and might how, forget. How, 
I forget by the time if I take if I do a training by the time I drive back home I forgot about because you know life and um, so I was like you know there is such an opportunity there to just explain and I explain how I do it myself this is not there to replace any training that exists or whatever it's just like how I do it that was the very first time now now is a bit different but uh, uh yeah. seeing you do uh, this like my immediate gut reaction is why don't manufacturers do this why don't <laughs> they create this i've asked you i've asked you the question that's the first question i'll ask you uh yeah live yeah i don't understand. i don't know but i it's... really enjoy doing it i really enjoy doing it uh it's just like this is the place where I feel that I I really um, provide the best while I'm enjoying producing the video, but then also learning about stuff. This is very you know it's very entry level for most of them. Uh, I'm working on a series now, as a bit more deep, but. Um, uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy the editing. What uh, software really, do you use to do the editing? Uh, Premiere. Because I was doing my, my photography and, and all of that, so I had Aperture and Photoshop. So uh, so it, it just makes sense to, to add Premiere. So well, I would say with for, every, for people that want to get into this as well, I was working with a free version or, you know, but then, because there is all the tutorial online about how to do it, I just decided to pay for the for Premiere. But there are like there are new software like DaVinci Resolve now, which is free, open source. Um, but yeah, all the producing and the, the and my favorite part is to put the music at the end, of course. But. Uh, <laughs> Do you play the music? Is it? Are you, are I you tried. Music? I tried to do some stuff uh, with Garage Band. Yeah. Uh, but then it was it was like the, the production time was taking too long because that was something that I had to learn again from scratch. So now I'm just getting some some music from there and then, and uh, and yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun, really a lot of fun, and um, so. Talking about the the channel, also, what we don't really have in our industry is that we may have content or training or whatever on a product, but we're working for the integrators and a brand, and I will understand why, is not going to do much to, I say much, I'm not saying they don't do nothing, they do because there are tech notes and, you know, documentation. But like how to complete, uh, how to do the integration between two systems, you know, and what you can do uh, the easy way or, you know, different ways. And, um, and that's why, that's where now I'm going to try to focus a bit more because of the feedback I receive from the channel. I mean, if you look at the, if you look at some, um, is some are, I've done them because people have been asking, hey, can you do that for us? For us, not for you know, for us as the audience. So, 
No, that's that's brilliant. Uh, how many? I'm curious. Do you see many people in our industry putting out good quality content on YouTube? And is that like? I don't. I don't. I. I don't. I'm. I'm not saying then because you know. I'm not going to be absolute on this, you know. But I. I. I don't see much. But I understand why as well. Is because I do that for free. Yeah. And it takes a long time. You know, sometimes we think, oh, he's going to do it in one day or we do it. It's taking a long time because I script everything. So I script everything. I record the audio. I do, you know, I do all the edits myself. And and if it looks flawless right now, it's because there's been a lot of editing. <laughs> Not everything is going according to plan. It sounds... Xavier, like you, I mean, this is a passion of yours, learning and, I mean, really learning about these systems, but also learning about the production of good educational content, learning about yeah. how to use Premiere, learning how to produce music. I mean, that sounds, Absolutely. is that, are you in your happy place when you're, you know, yes, creating yes, this yes, content? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, do you know what? I cannot do it. You know, I I can't just. I can't just go to sleep and say, oh, forget about this YouTube thing. It doesn't bring any money or whatever, or it's yeah. taking too much time or I'm too busy. It's just like I have to do it. So, uh, no, I've learned. So you, I'm probably, probably putting myself a bit out there, but um, I've learned some. Uh, I've improved in my way to design system using 3D software and, you know, and all of that. And, the first thing I thought, it was like, oh, that's going to create amazing content because now I'm going to be able to put the people in the space to see the different um, features or, you know, ways to light a space. So that's coming next as well. Have you gone down the path of, so beyond lighting control design, have you gone down the path of lighting design, fixture specification? Yeah. Yes. What What has that yes. journey been like for you? What What? Okay. So, have you done? in most of uh, is most of my project, there is a yeah, on some of the project there is a lighting designer, and I respect those, and I've been working with those, and I wish I can work with those because I'm a very creative person, and why I stay in lighting is because I love how it looks at the end. As I say, I never done this job of lighting control so you can see better in the dark. You know. It's, it's not why I do. Um, but what happened is, the, is that there are jobs where there are projects where they know that they, they need a lighting designer, but they, it's not been budgeted. Let's just call it this way, okay? And um, some, some clients have been approaching me and say, look, because when I do a Lutron design, I need to know the lighting design information. If he's not there, I can't do my job. So I was like, okay, let me go down. I put a drawing together. I tell you how many circuits we need, the load type, do the drawing, uh, do the quote for the light fittings, etc. And then from one thing to another, now he's going beyond the plans. It's about putting the things in 3D, being, you know, being asked or like, you know, what they should do, have a bit of creative input as well. You know, like I put it on the drawing, say, look, you know, this is going to be your artwork lighting. The, the, the wall is bare. You're not going to have any painting. Look, 
if we do that. I love um, external landscape lighting as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I went down that. So I'm not going to say with respect of my colleagues, the lighting designer, then uh, you know, they can do their job. But I. But you're on your way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, there are there are projects where it's not been budgeted, but we need that to be done. Uh, otherwise, what are the alternatives? The alternatives is the client is going to try to find out something he's never done, or we're going to have an electrician who's going to do his best work. Uh, but maybe now what we could do is add a bit of flair in our design. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than seeing the the ceiling as you know a grill of spotlight, you know we need to make sure we mix low type to create atmospheres and scene and all of that. So. Do you plan or are you thinking about, and maybe you you referenced this a moment ago and I missed it, to create some of your educational videos around some of the basics of lighting design, how to light yeah, that's an interior? Why, that's why it's to... next because, yeah, because of my day work, I had, you know, I discovered a new way to present design systems. Uh, uh, sorry, excuse me. To present the work of lighting. Okay. And, um, you know, using 3D software and rendering and all of that, um, that matches our design after our floor plan or electric plans. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, there is a series that I'm working on at the moment from um, basic of, you know, what I, for instance, is like what, um, let's call it what cool ideas you can have to, you know, to, to improve the lighting in your space. And I'm talking about, you know, putting LED strips under the counter, you know, that sort of things. It's, it's an LED strip. It doesn't, it's not going to break the bank. But I've done that in some of my clients and they keep telling me about that thing, you know, um, below the, the, the kitchen counter, you know, and it's, that's the only, you know, it's a full system with pendants and downlights and that's the only thing they're talking about. Or how to light, you know, your 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 curtains and you know your window system, uh, you know, all the little things. So starting from um, open space, you know, living, uh, dining, kitchen, uh, bedrooms, you know, that sort of things coming up next. What uh, I'm curious if if you think about this, it either as an independent consultant, Xavier, yeah. or as an integrator. What is your opinion? I'm going to go back to the in the interaction with the prospect, the the yeah. person that's considering. Um, I, I'll just I'll reference the integrator. Put yourself in yeah. their shoes for a moment. Um, yeah. And in order to have a lighting control design, and thus a budget, you have to go do work. You've got yeah. to get that lighting plan, the loops yeah. and groups. You've got to have some discussions with the customer. And then you've got to go enter that into the design software. Uh, Potentially, you have to go and mark up CAD plans, whether you do it with a marker, you do it in CAD uh, software. What is your opinion of what do integrators that you come across, do they normally do all that work for free? Or should they be charging for that work? Keeping in mind that that's what I'm going to call the initial design work. The design of the... Yeah, before the light, ultimately the, the project is secured. 
the the lighting design we're talking about the li lighting control the the control system that that's what i'm curious i'm curious about your opinions on what should be produced and what should be billed to the customer because you know you the expert the integrator expert xavier the expert you know things that allow you to take the electrical information and the client's wishes and goals, and you get to output a design. I'm just curious if you have an opinion of whether you should be charging for that or not. I definitely charge my, I definitely charge for it myself because um, it's like you want to build a house. Yeah. You need an architect to draw the house. You can't just go there with your bricks and mortar and say, let's build a house. You know, you have to plan it. And and that planet, that what I call the design package, is is definitely chargeable. I charge for it. Uh, I have to charge for it because, again, what is the alternative? Somebody's gonna have to find out this information, and 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 this is what allow us to have a successful project at the end. Is like if that design is being done, because after like buying the kit and put it in a panel and. You know, that's one thing. I've seen so many jobs where that has been the approach. And then and then after we're trying to fix during the commissioning and the programming design issues. Right. This doesn't work this way. You know, there are you you can't it's not like you can't, but at that level of project, I'm talking uh, again, I'm talking about I only know high-end residential. Okay. Um you you have to to have the job finished before you start. That's the only way. For the client, number one, because when you're trying to fix design issue in the programming, this is commissioning days. This is days. It's too late. Days on site. The, what, the, the way I build my project, for instance, is to say, look, Mr. Customer, that, 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 the, the, the quoting process is in order to optimize your cost. Yeah. So that's why there is a design. Because once there is a design, then the electrician and the installers, they know exactly where to put things. Okay. And when I come to site, the project is already ready in my computer. So I can just push the, the project and then we can just do the initial testing, everything talking to one another. And I've got a basic programming. One day is done. You see, after the client is paying for the, you know, for the commissioning and the programming and he's really programming, he's really scene settings and integration. He's not full finding, you know? So yes, he has to be, uh, I mean, that, that's the only way I can see how we can get to the end if we, is by doing the design. Now, sometimes we don't have the lighting information to do our designs. Hence, the lighting design services that I start to offer. Do does you answer your question? No, it does. That's your belief in what you do. And by the way, you and yes. I agree. I completely agree that professional services should be billed for in, in almost all cases. Okay. I'm curious if that's, do you see integrators out there regularly charging for that or are they giving that away? And is that a missed opportunity? Or is and what's the standard in the UK and in Europe? It's very it's very hard to say because number one, 
number one, myself. Of course, we talk when we see each other at trade show, when we're on the road and we call each other, this and that. But uh, I am very, you know, tunnel focused on my project. So, you know, and especially that's something that I've been doing for a long time. He hasn't, you know, uh, if there are things that need to be changed, it's, it's not in the way that, you know, the design needs to stay there. You know, uh, there is new equipment and all of that, of course. But um, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to say for sure what other people are saying in the UK. That would be, you know, um, yeah. It'd be above, above your pay grade. That would be me speculating. Really. Yeah, yeah, understood. Understood. One thing what? I know for sure is that I fix more, you know, problem jobs than most. And what I can say is that, what I can say, and it touched me a lot when I see online people say, oh, look at this installer. This was a, you know, crappy job and I fix it and all that. What I know from a fact is like every crappy job has a story. Yeah. As a story, is 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 pointing at the previous inst- installator, maybe, but that's a loss. Or maybe he didn't price for the design. Maybe the maybe it was his skills, but maybe it's the relationship with the client as well. The information is not being communicated properly. There is always a story. So in order to avoid that, you just plan. What's your experience with circadian rhythm lighting or tunable lighting? The idea that the light inside the home is matching the sunlight temperature, the, the temperature of the light. I know that I uh, Lutron obviously has Ketra. Uh, most of your major control brands have some version of a tunable lighting solution at this point. Are you, I, I'd love to know your opinion on that, the impact that has in the home. Um, and I'd also be curious, what are you seeing in terms of demand for that type of solution? I think the demand at this point, the overall demand, yeah, because once sometimes we've got it in a specification, so the demand is done, uh, it's going to come more and more. And it's down to us to communicate into the benefit of it, uh, into, um, you know, how it works, etc. As myself, I love, I love it. Um, I love it for different, for different aspects. Okay. Number one, if we're talking about circadian, we're talking about you know uh, tunable white uh, fittings and tunable white. First of all, is a great asset just for the lighting design. First and foremost, you know, uh, because. <clears throat> As you know, you know, since we had LEDs, it's only now then the color temperature is more or less acceptable and all of that. So um, having, you know, your LEDs tunable, I think is a great asset for the lighting design, number one. After, you know, the to live <clears throat> in a circadian mode, I think is great, okay? Uh, there is a lot of paper talking about the benefit of that uh, from... Uh, more human experience, I would say, <clears throat> but I'm yet to uh, to have more experience myself to communicate into this. Now there is another opportunity with this: is obviously uh, in residential, but also in other um, market like healthcare, for instance. I think is very important. 
I think he lowered the stress uh, for the patient. He helped recovery. Uh, so that's new areas that myself I'm looking into. And I will invite people also to, to look into this. I've got a full series. I built a panel just at the front of me where I've got tunable white uh, coming up amongst previous technology, but I, I hadn't followed it that closely. So are you, well, and I'm very aware of it. I, I desire to do it in my own home, but I've got to, I've got to do some remodeling it with my fixtures to make it happen. Yes. Um, is there a proven health benefit of tunable light in the home? <clears throat> or, or it sounds like, or the hospital or the, you know, just where yeah. humans yeah. are interacting with that light. Yeah. Well, I, I only repeat what I've learned from, you know, the publication. Okay. You and I, I are not think. doctors, so we're not, I'm not we saying not. you did a study or I did No, no, no. But it's, it's a lot in the publication at the moment. But then if we think it's just like, you know, like uh, hospital furniture is also important. Colors of the wall is very important. You know, it's all, it's all part of the same thing, you know, lack of overwhelm. But um, that's why it makes sense, and uh, especially it it, it does make sense. uh, What at the end of the day, dimming the light (laughs) is more important than everything. And also, you know, when you look at this technology, you know, it's just that the the equipment has changed, but it's not like more complicated or you know, uh, with a product that doesn't exist. It's just uh, it's just another reference in our catalog now. So. it's going to be great. And in residential, it's going to be great because, you know, you want to create this atmosphere and now I don't have to rely on my table lamp and my pendant. I can also rely on my uh, LED strips. Yeah. So, I mean, I say LED strip because, yeah, spots are, uh, downlights are coming in the, in Europe and, and all of that. Yeah. What What is... Uh, maybe some recommendations or advice mm-hmm. that you might give to system designers out there regarding lighting control design, just some pet peeves, some things that you've learned over the years that whether it's in uh, the zoning or grouping of lights, whether it's in keypad design or functions on keypads, what are some things that you just, you strongly recommend people listening consider implementing into their projects so let's not put all our eggs in the same basket when you enter a room and there is one lighting circuit that is all your eggs in the same basket right you're going to rely on that one circuit where you've got six or nine down lighters moving at the same level for your lighting number one try to split you know split your circuit but think a bit, uh, think about it a little bit. So if you've got like a screen or a TV, maybe the one at the front of the TV can be in one circuit and the one above the seat can be in another. Okay. Number one is, is this. It's like we are controlling circuits. Obviously, I'm saying just split in two, but we work on project. I work on project uh, where on the, in a clock room, in a toilet, there was like six or eight circuits. Okay. This is probably about above the top but there are projects like this okay so number one make sure then per room you have um enough enough circuit don't put just one circuit the second i would say is uh 
you know, we've got that conversation about, oh, I found a fitting you can dim to 1% and, oh, no, mine is to 0.1%. And, you know, we're like, <laughs> who's got the best? Actually, for I'm just talking personally. For me personally, it doesn't really matter as long as I've got a good, per, you know, a good performance out of my fitting because by from the fact that you don't rely on one single circuit, number one, okay? But then also you don't rely on that downlight to create that warm atmosphere or that warm scene at night, etc. Use table lamps, you know. Use, you know, don't 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 put all your magic in out in one pendant, you know, in one downlight. Try to, you know, put not put your eggs in the same basket. So that's one thing I would say. You never uh, mix low type or fitting type on the same circuit, okay? As a rule. Some people will say, oh, yeah, but there is an exception, etc." Okay, I'll let you deal with your exception. But as a rule, we're not going to put together a downlight with a wall light together because they're going to have different level of performance and, you know, that's something you, you don't do. So never mix. Always, you know, count the number of circuits that you have because that is going to give you the size of your control system, regardless of the control system you talk, you, you're using. Okay. Now, when it comes to programming the keypads, I would say keep the same. There, I can't tell you how many jobs I've been called to. Clients say, oh, my system is not working. Yeah, my system is not working. But when you realize the system is working, it's just that you forgot what button we're doing. Yeah. So, of course, there is the engraving and there is, you know, whatever. But sometimes, I mean, sometimes you have to engrave your keypad. That's number one at the end. It can stay unengraved for one year or two because, you know, how those projects are going. But at the end, it needs to be engraved. But keep the keypad working the same. So, like, the on button should always be in the same place. The off button, always in the same place, right? Uh, and that should be, like, simple, you know, action. And then try to, to, if you've got blinds, the blinds in, in your column of buttons should be in the same position. Start with this. Start from a winning situation, position. And if you do that, you're going to realize that the client is going to ask you to change a couple of buttons. And it's better to say, yes, I can do it. And you do it, you know, rather than saying, you know, um, to go the other way around. So, yeah, keep communality on your keypad. And if you do that, uh, that's good. And at the end of the job, keep, uh, obviously, your program and also any wiring for the future. Does that make you, sense? Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Brilliant advice. Do you believe that lighting control system installers should go back to the customer on some regularity, whether it's, 90 days after the move-in, one year, two years, five years, and ask them about the buttons and, and if anything needs to be changed? Should that be a standard offering? Uh, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a standard. So basically, in my offer, my proposal, the commissioning and programming stage is in three phases. There is the, con the commissioning phase, and it can be one day to a week. It depends on the, the size of the, the project and that. And then there is that phase of programming and there is the fine tuning is mm. there. You see, is there now, <clears throat> now 
myself, I, I don't mind disclosing that for 11 or 11 years, or I don't know, I've always, when it comes to programming, I only charge the days I come to program because we've done all that effort in design and install and all of that. that sometimes, you know, the, 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 the how long it's going to take to program it really depends on the state of the installation on the day of the commissioning, you know. So if everybody is doing his job, then we can do that. But at the end, there is the fine tuning. So there is a fine tuning. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I no. think the client is aware then, you know, after six months or a year, you should have a, a fine tuning visit for us to adjust or things going to happen. Some, most of the times these are new house or new renovation project. And it's just. That's so he's in my quote. So he's in my quote to answer that question. No, I, I think that that's brilliant advice. And for anyone tuned in that doesn't have that in their standard operating procedure, that'd be something to consider. Yeah. Xavier, you've, you've been a pleasure to talk to. And, and I know that I've learned a lot and anyone tuning in, watching or listening has learned a lot. How can the people pleasure. get in touch with you? How would you direct them to, to ultimately learn more about you, your offering? or to talk to you directly? Well, I think the best, the best overall is email, I would say. Um, obviously, you can find me on, uh, on the Instagram, you know, at, at Deluxe Consulting. Uh, very easy to find. Uh, you will recognize my face straight away. Um, but if I, you know, one thing I would really appreciate from the audience is just to have a look to the channel, the YouTube channel, see what it is about. and. Uh, Subscribing to the channel will help here, you know, to produce new content and, and all of that. So uh, for those who are uh, here today or going to listen to the podcast, if you can go to, you know, at youtube.com. Uh, is youtube.com, by the way. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah. It's www.youtube.com at Adelux. Yes. Or look for uh, Adelux on YouTube. and can give me a, a, thumbs, a thumbs up and um, and a subscribe, then it will allow us to create um, more content, or at least to you know to to create a space you know for us sharing the our experience because that's the what the channel is about. Okay. Now the good thing is also is that end users are also uh, using not. Probably because there is no a lot of content for end user. I don't know, but the people yeah. of our generation, before to go and make a purchase of that size, they like to get educated a little bit so they can have a conversation with you guys. So, uh, if sense. you can support the channel, that'd be appreciated. Xavier, we're gonna wrap it up, my friend. Thank you for joining me on Show Two Fifty One. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Automation Unplugged. For a full transcript of this show and all previous shows, head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash AU. There you'll find links to all transcripts, show notes, Facebook Live recordings, and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. 
please follow us on social media. We are at One Firefly LLC on all platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.